everybody welcome to another episode of the business growth advantage i'm here today with aj casada and before i say anything else i want to be clear first of all aj super happy to have you here i'm very excited for this conversation aj is not slimy <laughs> and i feel like it's important for us to talk about that before we talk about this other stuff because mm. i can't tell you how many times i've talked with other business owners or my own team about this idea of what we're going to be talking about things like outbound messages prospecting cold leads things like that and it people are like oh i don't want to do that in my business that feels super slimy <laughs> i get that in my dms and my emails aj first of all can you speak at all to kind of your experience with that story of what you do kind of being seen as slimy and to the extent right. that you've overcome it Right. Let's de-slime the, the whole uh, sales game. But for real. Yeah, I, you know, I notice a lot of people have just an aversion to sales or a fear of sales or not, not even sales, maybe a certain type of marketing method, for example. And it could be for a lot of reasons, but a lot of times it's, we, it's, it's these false beliefs we have. Because uh, another one, not relating to prospecting, but just to maybe like sales conversations is, oh, I have to persuade my client to do something they don't want to do, or I'm pushing mm. a product on somebody, or I'm being pushy. So it's like, no, the problem is not sales. Every business needs sales. The problem is the way that you're thinking you have to sell. You don't have to be pushy. You don't have to be annoying. You can be helpful, and you can be an advisor to your, to your clients because that's what it's about. It's one of those things where it's like, it's not that the method is wrong. It's like the way that we're thinking it's supposed to be done just because mm. maybe that's how a lot, of people, a lot of people do it now or we've been on the receiving end of that, you know? Yeah. What you said reminds me of something that you said in a, in a training that I want to highlight as well. If anybody doesn't know AJ yet, or you know him, but you haven't seen his training on the Futures channel on YouTube, you've got to check it out. I told AJ before we went live here that I really want to set this conversation up as a kind of prequel to this YouTube training. AJ, I mean, it's over an hour long where he goes deep into his strategies, his framework. Highly recommend that you check it out. I watched it and was blown away. But AJ, in that training, I remember you actually go through your own inbox and you kind of grade the types of outbound messages that you're receiving from cold people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's like, especially with sales, I've, I've just noticed that it's it's hard to just always talk about and explain it. It's a lot easier if you see real examples from real businesses. So yeah. yeah, I think most people here watching can relate. Most of the emails we get, most of the Facebook DMs we get, the LinkedIn messages we get, it's like, hey, I'm this guy and I'm here to sell you this and it's amazing and my company's amazing. Everybody's so like centered on themselves. Yeah. So that's probably why we get we think like icky when we think of prospecting or messaging people because 
it's just what happens a lot. A lot of people are doing it the wrong way. Um, a lot of people, which relates to that false belief we had before about this is how sales has to be done. I think like 20 years ago, I mean, I wasn't in sales 20 years ago. I've been in sales for eight years. From what, I, from what I've experienced and what I've seen and what I've learned over the years is, I think, to, like, especially just looking at the movies, you know, you think of like that boiler room sales mentality of just push, push, push and close, mm -hmm. close, close and make more calls, make more calls. And um, yeah, I think a lot of that still has like some, some residue. Yeah. Can you talk at a kind of a high level of what's different about your approach? Because one thing, one thing that I noticed right away was that you combine kind of two principles in your in the types of messages that you send or that you recommend people to send. One is that you go several layers deeper in terms of being thoughtful. Yeah. And at the same time, you keep your messages pretty short. Yeah. So those two things are really, really important. As far as keeping them thoughtful, just to elaborate on that. Yeah. Like I've sent out tons of automated email campaigns where it's a generic message and um, you send it out to a list and hey, that works. Like mm -hmm. we still do that. But when you take a few minutes to comment something personalized, it could be as simple as, hey, I, I found you from this podcast and I really liked your opinion on this. I think we share the same view and like I, I work in the space as well and here's what we do and I thought it might be valuable. Like whatever, it's just, just to understand the gist of it. It's more about finding a few things you can maybe relate to or you can compliment them on or it's it's not even so much even about the content. It's more showing that it's not a robot sending it. That's that's mm. what I feel like. Because when you say something specific, you instantly stand out. You it's like this person took time to write me an email. So if I see a personalized email, I'm usually at least gonna read it because I'm like, okay, this person put some effort in. Um, it wasn't just blasted to a list of a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's so helpful. And can you, cause I, I was also blown away in your training by the types of numbers that you broke down of kind of typical results that people can see if they do prospecting in a less thoughtful way versus what it can look like. Uh, if you put more thought into it, if you follow, you know, your best practices. Right. Yeah. So the numbers, um, there's you, yeah, you're generally going to see a much higher return. You should, right? The whole point is that like it makes your message uh, very unique and also very, um, it builds that instant like rapport. We ran a campaign recently that was um, personalized and we were targeting software companies. And we booked about 15, 15 calls in a relatively short amount of time. We didn't have anyone full time doing this. It mm. was something that me and someone else on the team were, it was actually a, a relatively new campaign. So it was an experiment. But yeah, we booked 15 calls in maybe maybe a week and a half, two weeks max. Um, it, was a, it was a while back this past summer. It, we were very, very personalized in the messages. And we didn't, I think there was about 80, I'd have to look at it, but I'm, I'm, I'm guesstimating it was, there was about 80 connection requests we sent. So it wasn't like we messaged 1,000 people to book 15 calls, which a lot of people, that's even better than what they're doing now. Yeah. They're, just, they're just blasting pitches. Dude, it's basically like people are just blasting pitches across the universe. You well, know? And I want to clarify kind of what you mean when you break the math down here. When you talk about the, the conversion rates of your prospecting efforts, are you saying that if if someone books a call, that was the six, that's the metric that you're tracking? Or are you are you looking at how many actual sales you're getting from your messaging? We look at open rate, reply rate. Uh, those are the two really common ones email marketers okay. focus on. That way we can see up. The, it's just thinking up the funnel. So, okay, if the open rate is awful, then something's wrong with our subject line most likely because that's the first thing people see. That, that's what tells. That's what decides if they open it. 
and then yeah, we track we track calls. But oh, yeah, like you like you said, the revenue is really important too because it's funny. I made a video yesterday on my Facebook story about this. How it's not it's not so much like about how many calls you book. It's how much do you actually make from those calls because mm. it's like if you you can go around offering people, hey. I'll give you this free thing or I'll give you free advice over a, a strategy session. A lot of people are going to take that. A lot of people that aren't necessarily qualified for what you offer um, because it's free. So it's really like uh, we're very conscious of qualifying and making sure that we're creating a system that gives us the clients we want. Because I don't know about you, man, but if I have 10 sales calls in a day, I mean, I don't know if you've had that in a while. I know you're <clears throat> more in CEO mode now, right? No, but I remember those days. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's, it's draining, man. It's exhausting. Um, even if you're an extrovert, if you're a people person, it still is like you're pretty wiped out mentally at the end of the day. Yeah, um, uh, man. No, but I but I love this because you're right. Understanding what a call is worth to the business yes. can really help you you map out all of these things. We're getting a lot of people saying hi in the chat. Uh, cool. AJ, you've got some, some big fans here. If anyone uh, has any questions for AJ, feel free to drop it below. AJ, when we're talking about these metrics that you're viewing, like the open rates and the replies, uh, I might have heard you wrong, but I didn't hear you say click-through rates, which didn't surprise me because the the templates that I saw from you seem to be less about, hey, I think we should hop on a call. Here's a link. And, and it's more about kind of getting that opt-in first before you share information on the next step. Can right. you speak to that? Yeah, I think that's a really great... Um... Uh, great point. So we don't usually have any links in the first email. Sometimes we'll have a link in the signature. I mean, most sure. people have a link. In, most people have that anyway. They have their website or their portfolio or something. So it's not a bad idea to keep a calendar link in your signature. But the thing is, when you send someone an email and you ask for a meeting right away, again, if your offer is good, it can still work. But yeah. most people are. What do you think most people think? Like, what do you think when you have all these people asking you for your meet for meetings? That they they're just kind of, again, not being thoughtful and right. they're just uh, assuming that they're a good fit for me and probably won't follow up if I don't do anything. Yeah, exactly. That's how most of it is. Um, so that's why when I started teaching outbound prospecting, so many people were interested because they're like, I'm not doing this, but this seems like it would work. I just don't want to be slimy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, someone that I've learned a lot from is uh, Jason Bay. We actually used to work at the same company. Uh, he's pretty yeah, I know Jason. You know him? Yeah, he's great. Oh, awesome. Yeah, dude. That's he's, he's such got a really small good... world. Yeah, I know. Dude, we used to work at the same company a while back. Oh, cool. Um, but that's pretty funny that you, uh, that you... Have you had him on the show? It's been a while since I've talked to him, but I would love to circle back with him. I, he's such a smart guy. Yeah, definitely. He's really smart. So one thing he says is don't prospect to make a sale, prospect to start a conversation. And that's mm. a great, great, um, it's a great way to, to put it. One related thing that I say is sell the next step. You're not selling your product. Nobody, if, if you sell um, something that's $10,000, do you think so you're just going to get that sale over an email? I mean, maybe it's, it's like, there's always a possibility for anything, sure. but it's, it's not even so much about like, so it's just about the sales process. When you start to um, like, so, okay. So a lot of, I didn't know until only a few years ago that a lot of people work as either like an SDR or appointment setter or a closer, because the first sales job I had, I was the appointment setter and I was the closer and I was following up and yeah. I was onboarding, onboarding clients. 
I really like that experience because I learned how everything is connected. So sure. I realized like, I don't need to make a sale on a first email. Let me just get them to talk to me. That's the goal. And then yeah. if they're interested, then I, we can have a more in-depth conversation. And then it doesn't have to be so slimy because if you're just trying to send, send pitches out, blasting pitches into the universe, right? Yeah. And you're just hoping that somebody just really needs your offer at that time. Like you're not really building relationships. And, and again, just back to standing out. I think I saw a quote recently that there's like a few hundred emails a day on average, the, um, like an executive in America receives a day, a few mm. hundred emails a day. And how many of them say the same exact thing in slightly different ways? And even just from a psychological standpoint, you know, when someone asks you, when someone emails me asking for 30 minutes, you're asking me for something right away. I don't even know you and you're asking for my time. You know, yeah. if, if what you're offering is really relevant and you actually research what we do and had a good email, like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll book a meeting right away. So I'm not saying that it doesn't work. Um, I'm just saying that like, it just, it's just like you said, man, just being thoughtful. Cause again, someone asking me for a thousand dollars or someone asked me for 30 minutes, it's like same thing. It's like, you're asking me for something and I don't even know like why I should give you that yet. Yeah. It's man. There's so many pathways I am thinking about going down, but I, I'm also keeping in mind, again, your training was so good. So as much as I can circle back to points that I remember you covering there, I want to. And again, guys, go back to the primary source, Right. watch, watch the video on YouTube. I know one thing that you're big on is, you know, picking no more than two platforms to get started right. on this in terms of finding a good pool of potential candidates to reach out to and something that I got out of it was using social media platforms to find potentially good fits and then doing what you can to find their emails and email them. Can you right. talk a bit more about or correct me on why you generally prefer kind of email outreach over direct through the social media channels? Um, we still do direct through social media too. We're not only okay. doing email. To be honest, for our own company, we're getting most of our appointments through Facebook. Um, oh, nice. So like a lot of our clients are using cold email more than we are at the moment because it's really just niche, um, niche specific and okay. goal specific. For example, if you have a conversation with somebody through Facebook or Instagram, you can chat a lot more. Maybe you can qualify them further. Whereas with an email, it's a little bit shorter. So like there's a lot of factors that come into play, but I think um, it just comes down to like, I really would just encourage people watching this to learn more about the big picture of marketing, how things mm. come together, because then you can see like, Okay, here's how it's, it's just about connecting it to an end goal, just knowing like, what do I actually want? And you could be as simple as how much money do I want to make next year? How many calls are we going to need to make that happen? How many clients are we going to need to make that happen? How many calls do we need to make that happen? How many leads do we need to make that happen? How many emails? So it yeah. just all works back. And yeah, then it becomes a lot more scientific. That reminds me one of one of the reasons why I was so excited to discover you to to have this light bulb of like a prospective arm of our business that we can add is in marketing i love that you say that like we it's helpful to to go back to the basics of marketing and how we can do better at it at the same time it can feel like there's so many check boxes to check off when we're doing marketing that don't necessarily result in calls being booked like, right. can you put a great piece of content or in, on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok and have it go viral and get people to call you? Sure. You can also Maybe. do all yeah. of those things and not have anybody right. book any calls. Which is super frustrating. Like one thing that really, uh, really is a pain that 
probably all of us can relate to at some point is you put a lot of time into something and it just doesn't work. Like you get nothing out of it. I don't want to say you get nothing because I, I like to think about marketing as experimenting. Sure. So you learn something, right? You're like, okay, that didn't work. I'm not going to do that anymore. But why didn't it work? And then you learn more. Um, like these days, I'm really focused on just improving my own skills with like uh, marketing strategy and positioning and a lot of the higher level stuff, because it really is interesting to see how much of that like prep work helps you mm. make better experiments, you know? Yeah. I, I want to circle back to Facebook too, um, before right. I forget. You mentioned that you're doing a lot of Facebook stuff with your own agency. Is that typically done in terms of your outreach through a business account or through a personal account from you or someone else on the team? Um, right now, it's mostly through me personal. I don't know if we'll change that, probably, okay. because um, I don't want to have the whole face of revenue boost AJ Casada. Um, sure. I just, yeah, like I would like to, yeah, I would just, I, because for me, like, so we started shooting our first course uh, just recently. I'm super excited about that. I got a buddy of mine, Joss, Joss Aguiar. Shout out to him. He's the co-founder of Leads Hunt, which is a really cool marketing agency. Nice. But he helped me. He's helping, helping me with shooting it. And um, it's been a lot of fun. But like what I'm really trying to, um, yeah, I guess what's the best way to explain it? Let me just think for a sec. Sure. I ask because I, I know there are a lot of people who are hesitant to either like do this type of business work on their personal profile or as their business is getting bigger, it can be more difficult right. to try and delegate that type of work. That's really important for the business to anyone other than you. Yeah, definitely. So um, again, I think it definitely depends on what, what you want to do. So back to my story, we started shooting the course and we're getting yeah. a lot of, we're getting a lot of experts in the course besides myself. And that's what I like. Cause I like bringing um, different perspectives awesome. and I, I'm sure that, you know, if, if we have 40 different topics in our course, it's more beneficial that it's not just me doing all of them. Because there's things that I'm, there's things that I'm really, really amazing at. There's things that I'm pretty good at. There's things that I'm okay at, and there's things that I'm not great at. I'm trying to really just curate a, a good network of experts for our brand. So I don't want to be eventually the face of it. Smart. Plus, plus I'd like to keep the company sellable, just because who knows what happens later in the future. So it's hard to sell. I can't really sell myself. You know, I'd have to right. stay in the company if I was the face of it. So yeah, for now it's personal, but it could change. Um, but there is a lot of power to having personal brands. So it is, it is nice, and I do like connecting with people at that level and being accessible to, to chat with people online. Yeah. It's just one of those decisions. That's like, you really got to put a lot of, a lot of thought into, you know, I'll, I'm wanting to ask you a question. I wouldn't ask if I didn't think that, that you had maybe thought about it or uh, mm -hmm. whether it's a yes or a no, but with you loving, you know, the marketing side of things and, you know, being so present on like, social media in general and in your personal accounts are there times or periods or rules for yourself in terms of boundaries for checking in with that stuff or i know just from experience it can be really tempting whenever you're bored to just yeah. fall into oh what can i do to grow the business today yeah man i can relate to that 100 percent and uh probably my wife's watching this because she works <laughs> she, she's the, actually the co-founder of the company and i'm sure oh, she has nice. she has a lot to say about this too but it's tough man because there's always more to do to grow the business especially when you really really understand marketing you know all the possible things you could do that would mm -hmm. can make a difference so i think yeah that's work-life balance is really really important to me personally but also my team um and the thing is technology like it is addicting you know like checking the notifications checking this checking that checking the messages so i think it just comes down to discipline um yeah but i'm starting to 
Um, having people on the team helps as well because now I have someone handling the appointment setting. So that saves, that just less of a reason for me to go in there. But yeah, I usually for me, like I'll take the weekends off. I might do a little bit of um, communication or maybe a little bit of uh, at least planning every Sunday. I find at least having like a few days just as a, as a full break. Like one thing I'll do is I'll leave my phone at home if I'm going out on a Saturday. Best trick because there's no way you're going to go back and get it to send it back. Yeah. Because when you really oh, think about it, idea. when you really think about it, you're like, that text isn't that important. I'm not going to drive home for it. It's like, okay, if it's not that important, why am I thinking about it? You know? Right. right. Oh, I love that. Another question that I really wanted to ask you, and I know we talked about this before we went live, but I work with, with so many business owners, either courses and coach coaches and course creators who are, you know, outside of the marketing space or they're yeah. not sales coaches. And then a lot of my lawyer friends struggle with this too. It can feel very difficult to market an offer that isn't as sexy as another, you know, company that makes you money. It was, I went to a conference last week and I was emceeing one of the rooms and it was really not a surprise to see my room kind of disappear in terms of members when the other room had like a big marketing session going on. Right. Like everyone, you know, wants help with marketing. They want help with sales. But right. for those yeah, of us who mind. feel like we're building an offer on something that we know is helpful to people, but it's not necessarily the sexiest offer. Yeah. Right. What tips yeah, do you have there? Yeah, I love that question so much. <laughs> it's a really good question, man. Um, because that revenue boosts, like, if we take a company from 200000 to a million, like, that's exciting, you know, and that's exciting for, for everybody. So I think for, like, but I've worked with boring offers before. I used to sell house painting. Um, oh, that's I, right. <laughs> yeah, and um, we sold lead gen. When I was, I was working in performance marketing a while back, and we sold lead gen to solar which is kind of cool but not that cool i mean it's cool but yeah it's like sure it's not yeah roofing construction so i got back into construction space and also finance i personally like finance and finding it interesting but still it's mm. not like finance finance putting a roof on your house it's, it's totally different than marketing so yeah. um i've kind of done both i think the boring offers they can be less emotional of a sale mm. but they I, everything that's been created exists for a reason. Every offer, every business, it serves a purpose, right? So yeah. like, let's say putting a roof on your house is not that exciting, but I think for that, it's more about focusing on the problem. It's always about focusing on the problem, but with something boring, it's more just about, yeah. So let's say we're selling, let's say somebody's selling marketing services or marketing coaching. That's more exciting. Oh, we're going to help you achieve these goals and yeah. you're going to have this amazing lifestyle and like, can't wait till you whatever, you know, buy that new house, whatever it is, we, we get very future focused, something like house painting or roofing or construction. It's a great example because it's like, okay, it's not going to change your life. You're not going to be waking up, like skipping down the streets, thinking about your new roof. I mean, maybe some people really enjoy that, but, <laughs> but you're shaking your head now. But um, so then it's more about focusing with, on the problem. So with whatever product or service you're selling, anybody watching this, it's more about thinking like, what is the value of what I offer? What is the problem it solves? And mm. it doesn't have to be exciting. It has to be important, I would say. Exciting helps, mm. but it, it, if it's important. So again, if I'm, if I'm a homeowner and I have a roof that needs to be fixed or I need a whole new roof, I'm like, crap, that's going to be like 10, 15 grand or yeah, whatever, however big your house is. But it's not something I can really procrastinate once I understand that like 
if we get leaks in the house, that's going to cost me like 50 grand if we let the problem persist for too long. And then if we have storms, like I'm from New York, so we had lots of storms. You want your roof to be safe. Like you don't want water coming down on your, your entire house and family, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, nobody wants that. So I think it's more about focusing on the problem. And sometimes it can be a little bit less of an emotion. It can be a little bit less emotional sale with certain things. Like, like if, if I had to sell air conditioners, it's just about, yeah, I don't know, finding the angle. Like it's mm. kind of what it is. It's just finding the angle that resonates. So it doesn't have to be cool. It doesn't have to be exciting. It just has to be like a, a very important problem. And you have to help the person realize that, um, which you can do through marketing. You can do through sales calls. You can do through anything really. It's just yeah. explaining it to them. I wasn't thinking about this when I originally asked that question of kind of boring versus sexy, but as, as you were talking, it reminded me of a conversation that you and I've had in the past of not only can we use the type of help that you provide to reach out to potential clients, but we can also use it to reach out to potential podcasts that we can be right. featured on right. other types of centers of influence and I was like, oh, I wonder if there's there's opportunity, especially if you feel like you have a more boring offer, to find kind of gatekeepers and leaders of people who need that to say, hey, you know that this is an important thing. I don't know if you've got an expert in your corner to talk about it, Perfect. but yeah, let's talk it. about you know me filling in that gap for you and your people. Dude, 100%. I mean, that was how I ended up speaking with Chris Doe. I was like, dude, you're, I don't see... Um, you guys talking about this and my clients are like pretty similar to your audience. Um, mm -hmm. So I was like, we should definitely do something. And he was open to it. Dude, they have like thousands and thousands of videos. So they'd only probably be interested in something if it was different or really, you know, just had a good chance of being one of their best videos. Yeah. Uh, so I want to, I want to zoom in on that one with Chris Doe real quick. Are, are you at a point now when you see an opportunity like that? I know that you've, had a lot of experience and you've already been gifted at, at this type of work. But when you, when you see that opportunity to reach out to someone like Christo, I, I want to kind of know what it's like in your head. Are you spending additional time and thought being, okay, what can I do? Right. If I really yeah. want to make this opportunity happen. Or is it kind of, okay, this is another one. I'm just going to add to my list, work my magic that's, to see what they say. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a good question. So that's why um, when we go out to start prospecting, whether you're prospecting for a client or whether you're podcasting for like a speaking engagement, you really have to think about the bigger picture. You really have to think about just how everything fits together. Um, you don't need to be an expert in everything. You don't need to be an SEO expert. I don't know how long it would take me to learn that, but that's like, yeah, yeah. I know it enough to explain it, to understand it, to, to sell it because I help one of my clients with selling, selling SEO services. But uh, yeah, there's so much, you don't have to be like a, a, a super in-depth expert about everything, but you do want to understand the bigger picture. If your bigger picture is to work is to maybe work with some of the top brands in the industry or the top influencers, then they probably get a lot of emails. So you have to it, it the the effort pays off. It's kind of like okay, let's let's imagine yeah. um, let's imagine you're selling courses. Uh, I know people watching this would sell courses, for example, and they maybe have a course for a thousand dollars, and maybe they have an offer that's like thirty thousand dollars. It's perfectly fine to spend more time writing better messaging, doing more research spending more time on that prep work that we often skip because we're just so ready to like start sending emails and start taking calls, you know? Right. Um, so you got to kind of like do this. It's funny because I'm a very action oriented person. I very, like, I really, really learned the value of slowing down and planning in the last year or mm -hmm. so. 
I'm normally just like, oh, idea, let's do it. Let's start it in five minutes. Let's go. But slowing down to work on the fundamentals and to think about the bigger picture and, and what you're actually trying to achieve, it helps you realize those little points that you can do it like way better. So yeah, if I'm trying to sell something that's six, seven, six figures, seven figures or whatever, just like something that's more valuable to my business, A, it's going to be harder to get because it's worth more. Um, and B, it's, it's worth the extra 10 minutes to do some research. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people don't personalize their emails because they think it takes too long, but you could do it in less than five minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so helpful to think about that this doesn't right. really take as much time as we might think it does. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're all busy. Like we all have a thousand other things to, to do. Um, I definitely do not sit at my computer sending emails eight hours a day. It's like one hour, one hour a day max. And like sometimes awesome. it's nothing because I have just, it's something you can delegate fairly easily. I think with sales, um, or in this case, prospecting, you know, sending emails, sending LinkedIn messages to get business, Facebook or whatever it is you're using. I think that we just need to focus on getting the, the numbers up, but we need to also really kind of balance it with the quality. Yeah. This is all really good. Everybody who's watching the live stream, especially if you're watching live or if you're watching on the replay, just give me a one in the chat if you found this conversation helpful. Would love to hear what your big takeaways are so far. AJ, I've got a couple more questions for you. Sure, man. Um, and again, this is from me trying to wrap my brain around what you have been doing for, for years without knowing you. Uh, and now right. I get to ask a pro about these questions. I remember when I started, there was kind of this basic rule of if you want to connect with someone, see who, who might be around you that can make some type of an intro before you reach out directly cold. Right. How frequently does that play into like your role in terms of looking to see who might be able to make an intro versus just reaching out directly yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So to, to even go back a step back to what you said earlier, the more whatever successful, important, hard to reach the person is that you're trying to get a hold of, the more yeah. it's going to be difficult and the more that you need to have a more thoughtful approach. Yeah. Uh, can you, can you like uh, rephrase the question again? Yeah. Are, are there ever times when you kind of have decided that you're going to reach out to someone and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to wait to see if I know, if I might know someone who'd be willing to make an intro. Okay. So seeing, right. Out. So seeing, seeing who could connect me. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So you, you, so you know, your market, you know, whether it's enterprise or it's a small business or maybe it's B2C or something else. Right. Once you kind of know like the level of effort required to do that, then it's better to look. It's, it's good to look at it anyway, because that's always a lot faster. But the, the uh, bigger the company or the higher up the, the person is that you might be reaching out to, they're going to appreciate like referrals a lot more because again, they just get pitched all the time. It's an, yeah, I mean, again, the, the quote, the, uh, the stat I mentioned earlier was that the average executive has a few hundred emails per day. So the average small business owner doesn't get a few hundred emails per day. They're not like, they're, they're just getting started. So right. it see how it becomes more important to stand out as you reach up. Uh, but yeah, warm intros are great. I think we like, I, yeah, I try to remind myself often to take stock of my network and be like, who, mm -hmm. who might know somebody that knows somebody, you know? Yeah. And do you have any kind of starting pointers or templates that you can share? Not necessarily now, but like, I know that you have templates that can help people get started with doing this type of outreach. Do you kind of pull for certain systems or processes or automations just to make those requests for interviews easier for you? Um, as far as if people, as far as what we're sending out or what we're receiving? As far as what you're sending out. So 
if you wanted to connect with a bigger agency and you were like, oh, I think this person knows that person, does a lot of thought, I, I say this because I know a lot of people who, myself included, who are procrastinating or slowing down on reaching out to certain people because we have a plan in the back of our minds that, oh, I want to see if so-and-so can make an intro first. Right. Yeah, I absolutely know what you mean. So I'm going to tell a quick client story. Someone okay. is watching this, actually, who's, our who's a friend, neighbor, and client, all three nice. of those. Brad is watching this, and uh, Brad was trying to get in touch with the company for like almost a year, and his friend was like, I'll definitely make the intro. I'll definitely make the intro. I got you. And then she totally turns around, and she's like, no, it, my, I, don't, I don't think my manager's interested in that. And it was all this back and forth, and I was like, dude, Brad, just find the guy on LinkedIn and send an email. And he mm -hmm. did, and the guy responded in like a second and it like blew his mind because he was like, Oh my God, it was that easy. Why was uh, I waiting on this middle person to connect me? Yeah. That's a really good lesson. Like if, yeah. if there's a, if there's a clear middle person there, great lean into it. Exactly. But, but don't, don't wait on other people. So what I really, really love about outbound marketing and the reason I think everybody should be doing it, everybody, I mean, uh, as for the small exception of businesses that maybe doesn't make sense, but I, I, I don't, we, we, we work with a lot of different industries. We're focused very much on like uh, consultants, um, agency owners, even some coaches as well. Obviously we're, we're working together with your law firm too. So we, we yeah. are focused on a lot of industries. It works across the board. Like everybody uses email. Like think about it like that. You're sitting right. there. Some people are probably sitting there putting things on TikTok. They're like, I just don't know if email marketing is going to work for me, but do more people use email or do they use TikTok? You know? So right. It works across the board, um, but anyway, so yeah. But the reason I was saying I'm very passionate about it is because it allows you to take control of the process. You know, if you sit there mm -hmm. waiting for business to come to you, it's like you're just kind of like running a shop. You know, and like you're, it's like having a store and you hope people come to you, yeah. but you can actually really grow um, as fast as you'd like if you actually just start to put processes in place that give you control. So, a lot of times when I'm on a call with a potential client, I'm not like, um, it's not even so much about oh, let's help you make more money. I mean. Obviously, that's why most that's why everybody comes to us. Sure, um, because we sell sales training and consulting. But um, a lot of times, it's like, man, I just want to have control of my business. Like, I would just love to know how much money I'm going to make, mm -hmm. so I can plan my expansion plans and my personal life and all of that. So, um, funny enough, I've had an aversion to numbers for a while because I I was like, oh, I'm just creative. Like, I don't need the numbers that much. <laughs> sure. Now that I now that we have a team and now that we're growing, it's like, okay, yeah, the numbers really, really matter. Um, but especially in sales as well, but you can start to look at it. You can start to see what, um, what works and yeah, like we know, we know how much revenue we want to bring in next quarter and what that's going to do for our company. And we've broken it down to, this is how many calls we need to, we've broken it down to, if we have a 30% closing rate, this is how many calls we need. If we have a 60% closing rate, this is how many calls we need. So now we have like a range and we're like, okay, well, the better we can get on, on this side of things, then the less emails we need to send. That's a great idea. I love that idea of kind of creating those, almost that, that game of, you know, how, how can we be smart and creating that game for the sales team or, you know, you as a salesperson of what can I be doing to get as good as I can be on these sales calls so that I don't right. have to spend as much time trying to do outreach. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I think um, uh, it's kind of like a saying that a lot of people that are really efficient are actually just lazy and they just try to find ways to like do things yeah. faster, you know? I love <laughs> so I'm that. Trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to be lazier with this. Um, but but also another quote is um, that I like is that how constrained breeds creativity. 
So mm. let me let just to share, like I've been slammed with work the last few weeks because we're hiring people, we're training, we're getting our website built, like all these projects that we have to do, which all happening in one month. Um, yeah. So it's, it's quite busy. I don't have, I have very little time just to reach out and prospect. So I've really thought of like, what are the ways I think this week or next, um, if you pull it up right now, let me see. Yeah, I think we had um, 11, 11 discovery calls last week and we weren't like, we weren't very focused at all. Um, we were doing a lot of other stuff. That's so great. I'm pretty sure we'll get to like 20, 30 soon a week. And it's just using the time wisely, you know? Yeah. It's just, which, re which really comes down to just having the strategy, the process, the plan. And I don't just say this because I'm a consultant, but at the same time, like I believe it wholeheartedly, you need to find experts that can help you and pay them to save you years of time and money. Um, <sighs> so like I, true. I, I'm I'm pretty sure um, I'm pretty sure consulting and education is our biggest expense. Like it, it's probably cost more than our team costs so far, because it's so important. It's about problem solving, you know. So like I mean, you probably I think you know my story. Like I dropped out of university mm -hmm. when I was 19. So I was like, okay, well, who am I going to learn from? Luckily, I had a company I worked for. I had mentors. After that was done, I was like, oh, I'm on my own now. Like, who do I ask questions to? So I found consultants and coaches, and I bought online programs. It's cool. Like, I think it's amazing that we can learn a very specialized thing. Like if somebody is watching this and they're like, oh my God, outbound prospecting could really help us in our business. They can learn just about that by working with us. And same for me. Like if I want to learn about trademarks, then I'm going to Joey Vitali. You know, I love that we can find like specialized experts in certain things. And I think that's kind of the future. I think like solo or boutique consulting is going to become more, much more popular. Um, so I'm just, I mean, yeah, we're kind of riding that wave right now. So that's so cool that you're seeing that. And I, I see it too. I'm, I appreciate your, your perspective on this though. Uh, and that's, that's really exciting that it's going in that direction. I, I've it's got cool. one, it's so cool. got yeah. Go one more question for you, AJ, before we close out here. Uh, and thanks again for being here. Everybody, you guys Definitely. should really check out what AJ is doing. Again, watch the YouTube channel. Uh, I'll put other uh, links around this video in terms of his website, his free Facebook group. AJ, you're like, you've got so, you're such a giver. There's so much value on yeah. what you're doing. I love it. Appreciate um, it. I wanted to, to bring this up because yesterday I was talking with a struggling business owner and, you know, she's not getting the leads that she wants for her business. Right. And she told me that when she was on Instagram the other day, there were several business owners that she was thinking about reaching out to, but she chickened out. And the thought in her head was these people probably already have an expert that they're working with. You know, I don't want to, you know, ruin a potential future relationship with them by reaching out now when they don't know me. I say this because I think it is very easy, if not inevitable, for there to be a similar type of a story in your head as you're doing this prospecting stuff. And you're seeing certain people's names that you want to reach out to that give you some pause. Yeah. What would you say to people who come to you with those types of fears of, I don't know if I really want to reach out to this person. Right. It's a, yeah. I'm so glad you asked this because I really love talking about mindset. It's so mm -hmm. important in sales because like, if you think about it, sales is just communicating essentially. And our communication is kind of a reflection of our mindset. I feel so what, like, I, I think, um, so I've been in sales eight years. I've sold a lot of different things. I've sold to small businesses, to enterprise. 
I feel like through our consulting, we're helping our, we do help our clients though. And I feel like, a, like the part of that, the part I play in that is cool. Cause I learned about all these different industries, mm-hmm. but the one thing I, I always look back on is like, it's always been the mindset shifts that have brought me up a new level. So what's helped me with jumping from like one level to the next in um, revenues or success or however that looks, it's always been a mindset shift. It's always been like, Oh, it's, it's this way. So mm-hmm. for example, I really, a lot of our clients, they, and a lot of the people I have conversations with uh, daily, they want to reach bigger clients. They want to reach bigger companies. I was talking to somebody recently from Cyprus and he's charging like 200 a month and he's like really good at ads. And I'm like, dude, stop selling to your home country. Start selling in UK. And he's like, I've been thinking about it forever. And I'm like, actually, funny this came up. I'm talking to someone today that was from Kenya. And he was like, it's really limiting us to sell to Kenyan businesses. He's like, we can sell for 5K a month when we sell to the US. And that's a mindset shift. That's why it's an example of a mindset shift. A lot of people think, I can only work with small businesses. I only have this much value to offer. And like these big guys. Oh, I hear this a lot. I hear... I can't reach out to these big companies. I don't have a website. I don't have a portfolio. I'm not a big brand. Uh, so quick fun fact. When I reached out to Chris Doe, who has like 2 million subscribers on his YouTube, we didn't even start Revenue Boot. I was running a different company, but we didn't even start this company yet. I was like, when I start this company, I would love to hop on your show. And he was <sighs> like, sure. So then like, I've closed a lot of big clients in like new niches. Like I think when I first got into solar niche, we closed a client that paid us like a very, very very uh, good upfront fee for our advertising. And I, I mean, I presented that like, hey, we've, we've, my partners worked in solar before, we're, we're familiar with it, but I didn't have like a, a brand in the solar space and it was a fairly, fairly large company. It's like a public company. You don't need all the things you think you need to go out and make sales. You need to actually just send the Instagram DM, make mm-hmm. the call and the email. Um, but I, I understand where it comes from. It's like, um, I've had it too, you know, like it's, it kind of wears off. It's, by now um so it's it's a big like just confidence thing because when you do it once and it works it's like oh wow i was totally wrong when i assumed this person didn't want to talk to me and that's what it is i think our assumptions really kill sales yeah like we do this oh how many put a one in the chat if you've ever been on a call with a client and you're like they can't afford this or they they're not going to spend money they don't think it's worth that much like put a one in the chat if that's been the case you're making assumptions about your prospect's financial situation. How do you know? Are you a fortune teller? Are you yeah. looking at their bank statements? So, so but, but it's happened to me in the past too. It's just about getting out of our head and just being curious and just asking questions. A lot of people are putting one in this chat. So yeah, it's happened to me as well. I'm like, oh, my prospect, they don't want to pay that much for that. Why am I limiting myself? Why don't I just I, ask? It doesn't cost any, doesn't cost me any money. It doesn't, I'm not going to get like, no one's going to hit slap me or anything, you know? Yeah. Um, that's so, so good that assumptions yeah. kill our sales and our marketing. They do completely. Um, because you don't know what your customer knows. They live in their life. They live in their body, whatever, however many years they were born. You just met them and you're thinking like what they're going to do or what they're going to decide, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just some, I guess it's just the way our brain works. We just like to process information and make quick conclusions. Something, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, it's really important to be mindful. Like, start on, whoever watching this, on your future sales calls, on your next sales call. Oh, funny, that was the old name of Revenue Boost. It used to be your next sales call. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, which I like too, but I like our current name better. <laughs> but um, on your next, on your, there it is again. <laughs> on your next, on your next sales call, start thinking about like, am I making too many assumptions here? Because mm. assumptions prevent us from doing what? Listening. Yeah, listening and asking. Both, mm. both really. Yeah. Because um, instead of being like, 
ima just imagine this. Imagine like, I know you have a lot of law firms watching this. Yeah, we got a good number of law firm owners watching this. Okay, let's let's talk about a, a pretty sad, fictitious story. Let's say you're a law firm and you talk to a big company and they're like, oh, we really need help with this one little thing that's only going to cost us $2,000. And you're like, oh, great, they're really interested. Let's, let's sell them on this $2,000 package. Really, you made assumptions about their situation and you were excited to make a sale. And if you actually found out more, turns out maybe they have a problem, a bigger problem that was worth like $80,000. And because you assumed that all they needed was all they needed and they didn't have any other areas you could help, you just lost $78,000 that you could have made by being more curious. There's, there's two C words that are really important to remember in sales. There's care, like actually caring and giving, giving a hoot. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here or anything, but yeah. You can say whatever about... you want. Okay, yeah. Cool. Those are the best, the best uh, podcasts. <laughs> but yeah, you have to actually give a shit about your client. Yeah. You're not... You're not trying to just push some product to somebody that doesn't need it. Like think about the stereotypical like salesman, like knocking on your door, selling to some old lady, some things she doesn't need. It's not what we're out here doing. At least that's not what we teach at Revenue Boost. But it's really just knowing like, okay, so the two C's is care and then curiosity. Like if you can just be curious, you can kind of get out of that assumptive mindset. So it's, it's almost like getting over yourself. Like, mm. like who, who am I to think I'm, I can read minds? Like, why don't I just stop trying to think I know everything and just be really curious, like have this person tell me what's going on and just listen. So yeah. that's what it's more about. That's more the vibe that you want to bring in your, in your sales calls, you know? So good, AJ. Thank you again. This was, <laughs> this was so great. And, you know, speaking of asking questions, being curious and showing that you care, if anybody is like, you know what, I like what AJ is doing. I'm interested in his help at potentially the highest level that his firm can offer. I would invite you to leave a two in the chat. Or feel free to reach out to me because I know that people might be at different stages in their business in terms right. of needs, but I know that you also do do calls. And can you speak a little bit to kind of what availability with your agency looks like? I know that you had you know a group of people that you were wanting to get started with, I think somewhat quickly, and then you've got another right, yeah, so we, that you're so wanting we, to do in January. Right, yeah, I appreciate it. So we have a um, B2B sales mentorship program um, we focus on prospecting, closing foundations. Like we just shot a bunch of videos today. We were talking about the important, the power of picking a niche and the power of buyer personas and like knowing who you want to work with. Yeah. But anyway, we have a new batch of students. We're still accepting companies for the next, uh, yeah, it's going to be getting started in about two weeks here. So if anyone was just curious how that works or what, what it would look like to have us come in and help you grow your sales, definitely would love to have a chat and see if what we do is a good fit. Um, but yeah, we're going to start in a few weeks. So Love doing the coaching, love doing the direct consulting. There's only so much we can learn from these videos because I'm sure people watching this have lots more questions. But yeah, yeah if, if I didn't have a meeting at the top of the hour, I would just keep going. But this yeah. has been this has been so great. AJ, it's I know it's it's AJ's bedtime. Uh, it's, it's almost, late, it's later, almost yeah. midnight there. So thank you so much time, so much for your time, AJ. Um, sure thanks. Super, super excited that I got connected with you. Um, yeah. thanks to the future. Uh, for unknowingly connecting us. And thanks everybody for watching, tuning in. I'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Thanks a lot. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week.